Lipcast Slovakia, the podcast about Slovak literature in English. Hello, welcome to Lipcast Slovakia 24. My name is Julia Sherwood and I'm a translator based in London. Today, I'll be talking to Peter Petro, who is in Vancouver, Canada. Hello, Peter. Zdravím do Vancouveru. A ja vás zdravím. Welcome, and uh, let me introduce you briefly to our listeners. Peter Petro is a Slovak-born uh, literature scholar and translator. After emigrating to Canada in 1968, he studied Russian and Spanish, gaining an MA in Russian literature, and a PhD in comparative literature. In 1977, he was appointed to teach Russian language and literature in the Department of Slavic Studies at the University of British Columbia, later becoming chair of the program of Modern European Studies. Until his retirement in 2017, he taught Russian language and literature, as well as Slavic literatures in translation and comparative literature. He is the author of several books, including A History of Slovak Literature, published in 1995, and has translated books by Dominik Tatarka, Martin Milan Šimečka, Peter Pišťanek, and William Klimáček. So, you grew up in Czechoslovakia, and in 1968 you emigrated with your wife and young son. And it's quite hard to imagine a place more different from Bratislava than uh, Vancouver, where you have grown up. So I imagine that arriving there must have been quite a culture shock. Can you tell us how you ended up there, of all places, and uh, what were your first days there like? Well, first of all, we arrived uh, from Vienna and we landed in Vancouver around 10.30 in the evening where uh, we were already expected by uh, a lady from the immigration department and she gave us some money and uh, took us to our new tem uh, <laughs> home which was actually something fantastic because it was quite close to the beach um, in in the city itself and close to everywhere and uh, very convenient and uh, two families were placed in uh, one large apartment, which was a two-bedroom apartment, but we shared the kitchen and the living room. So that was the beginning. Uh, and of course, the, the, the culture shock uh, came possibly a little bit later, because within a couple of weeks I was already a university student. And uh, two, three days later, while reading the newspaper, I found an ad when they were looking for a drummer, a, a well-established band which had a nice engagement in a downtown uh, French restaurant, was looking for a drummer. So I phoned them and uh, in a few days I was playing there because their drummer was doing very well as the owner of a drum shop. Life went on. so. Um, maybe I was incredibly lucky, but uh, it was a very smooth transition from, from Bratislava to Vancouver. And uh, not a very shocking one, except for the natural beauty of this 
city and uh, the incredibly friendly attitude of everyone we met. And that was uh, casting rather a bad light on our native country where people look at you as if you were some kind of a thief that comes to steal their uh, whatever. <laughs> well, of course, uh, now perhaps things uh, changed a little bit and um, people are a little bit more pleasant, but uh, nothing like the, the goodness of Canadian people and their helpfulness, which was really touching. Everybody was offering their help in anything. Well, you were lucky. You, it sounds like you had a remarkably smooth landing. So let's rewind a little bit. You mentioned uh, the drumming. And so this is because uh, in your final years in Czechoslovakia, you were a member of a rock band and not just any old rock band, but it was the legendary Beatmen uh, who were universally regarded as the best rock band in the country in the 1960s and uh, kind of Slovakia's answer to the Beatles. Uh, I think we'll, we can play a little clip now. And uh, I just wonder how you remember those heady days and what was it like to be the object of a hysterical adulation similar to Beatlemania? Yes, well, that, uh, uh, what can one say? It was not unpleasant, I have to say. It was a lot of fun. But of course, we had no time. This is another thing that people don't realize. It didn't mean that when we finished playing, we were surrounded by these beautiful girls and uh, no, 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 we were immediately whisked away uh, to a hotel and we had a dinner and then we had to go to a different place again. And it was just uh, a very rushed life. Uh, there was no place to meet many people. Um, and so we were just... Uh, overbooked, let's put it this way. Peter Zussi, who teaches Slovak literature at the uh, School of Slavonic and East European Studies at University College London, uh, was in a punk band in high school. And yeah. his band, Capital Punishment, is remembered mostly because uh, the actor Ben Stiller was in it. And then your fellow Canadian, Paul Wilson, one of the best translators of Czech literature into English, used to play with the legendary plastic people of the universe. So what's this mysterious link between rock bands and Slavonic studies? Yes, I and liked your phrase, I... mysterious link. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so and, uh, mysterious that it baffles even me. And uh, how can I explain it if it is mysterious? It is mysterious and will remain mysterious. In 1995, you published a history of Slovak literature, which is the first and to date, I think, the only comprehensive study devoted to what you called the perennial Cinderella of Central European literature. Yes. And uh, in it, you bemoaned the fact that only a handful of good quality English translations of Slovak literary works were available. But since then, the situation has improved. Now we have about 20 works of fiction, several volumes of poetry and a number of anthologies that have appeared in English and quite a few of them in your translation. 
So uh, were you able to use some of these translated works to get your students interested in Slovak literature in the later years? Well, at the time when uh, when I was teaching and uh, I, I left university a little bit earlier than uh, the, the date you quoted, uh, the only good books that I could recommend to my students in uh, a course which uh, dealt with Eastern European literature would be some translations of Czech authors. For example, and, uh, Kundera's joke was, was a great book. And then, then of course, uh, I used, uh, this was not, of course, only a course on Czech literature or Slovak. It was Eastern European literature. So I had Gombrowicz's Ferdi Durke from 1937, Pornographia from 1960s. But then, then of course, uh, the best book of them would be Kundera's joke. So um, what would be there in Slovak literature at that time that would be sort of a, a, a fitting complement to these three fantastic books? We didn't have anything like that, right? Uh, I retired 10 years ago in 1911, I think. On oh, 2011, of course, 2011. Yeah, well, of course, I used Pishtianek's book in the last year uh, yeah. in my class. I would tell uh, students about Slovak writers, right? Um, but it would be, they would have to deal, uh, uh, depend on what I told them from my readings and my interpretations. And it's not the same thing as when you have a good translation and, uh, and you, as a reader, uh, you have your own reading, right? So we have to respect the, the reader's reading. And uh, this was part of uh, the, a very interesting experience is that I had how students who were born in Canada reacted to the life from 1960s as depicted by some of these uh, famous writers, let's say Kundera, even the Kundera, of course, uh, the, the action takes place much earlier in the sort of in the Stalinist time, right? So um, it wasn't really uh, the case that I could easily supply them with, with the reading because in Slovak literature there were no translations. And even the works that were being written at the time were not of the kind that, uh, that would be understood by my students. There is this big divide, a cultural divide, political divide. So uh, when you teach uh, East European literature, you have to spend a lot of time with the background, with the political and cultural background. And uh, it's, it's not an easy thing. It was, it, it was rather uh, a complex and a difficult matter, right? Yes, I imagine it was, yes. But now moving on from your uh, teaching uh, and just looking at the translation and the authors you translated, uh, you translated uh, after Dominic Tatarka, uh, you translated uh, Martin Milan Šimečka's Year of the Frog, which won the Pegasus Prize for Literature. So can you tell us what was it about this book that attracted you? Well, uh... There was actually a competition uh, to choose a translator for this book because 
Shimechka's uh, work was considered to be rather remarkable and they wanted to have someone who could really do a good job. So they zeroed in on three or four people who could translate from Czech and Slovak and uh, luckily I won that competition and uh, translated that and I think it, 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 it was actually a good book to translate that somehow it fit uh, and, and it, it was successful and it won a literary prize for Šimečka and at that time uh, they were nice enough to, to <laughs> invite the translator to United States uh, for, uh, for, for the ceremony, the awarding of the prize and it, it was a big event and um, I think it was a very successful book for Milan Šimečka or Martin Šimečka rather. Uh, so um, it was perhaps the, uh, the most successful translation of mine, but um, the hardest at the same time because of uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the milieu that uh, the Šimečka describes, right? And then it's, uh, it's very difficult to put yourself in, in the shoe of someone who lives in a communist country because if you live there, all these communist things are so obvious and easy for you, but not for the reader. For reader, this, this is, uh, uh, for a translator, it's a minefield. You have, to be, you have to watch, like, will they understand what he means by that? So sometimes you have to include some kind of an, a very, very brief explanation, but do it in a way that it does not really harm the narrative, etc., etc. So, I'm not complaining, of course. Uh, it, it was probably um, the uh, the best paid translation I ever done. So I was happy about that, uh, and uh, and I think it was uh, deservedly chosen that book. So. Uh do you mean to say that uh, translating Year of the Frog was more challenging or demanding than uh, the uh, trilogy by Peter Piszczanek, uh, Rivers of Babylon? <laughs> it's a different, it's a, you know, Rivers of Babylon. It, it's, it's a crazy happening. Um, while uh, Šimečka is, of course, very logical. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't go into this kind of a surrealistic and crazy stuff that Pishtianek went, right? Later on, when I met with Pishtianek and became his good friend, um, we spent a lot of time together. But he is such an uh, original, was such an original person. And only later, uh, in, in recently, I found out uh, that, that he attempted suicide several times. And... Uh, Pishtianek's uh, play of imagination, his, his incredible uh, choice of uh, character, uh, who, characters who are absolutely unique, I would say, in, in Slovak literature or even Czech literature. It's something that uh, it's difficult to put your finger on. Uh, this is why uh, I was very happy that I managed to do the whole trilogy and it wasn't easy and perhaps the second and third volume should not have been translated. Uh, it's just too much stuff that uh, confuses the reader, 
especially the foreign reader. <laughs> and, uh, but at the, at the same time, it's, a, it's something that, as a translator, I also welcome because it was an unbelievable, almost uh, a medieval pastiche of impossible stories. And uh, it is, it was, it's like he's daring his reader. And now, on the next page, you are not going to believe what I'm going to write. So he's daring. He is experimenting. Uh, he, uh, there is this, uh, I don't care. Je m'en fiche. This, this is incredible what he is doing there. Now, the, this is the difference between uh, a writer like Shimechka, who is not going into this crazy stuff like <laughs> our late good friend. So um, I, 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 you know, I had doubts how this would be received uh, by the readers in, let's say, United States or England. But um, nevertheless, I decided to do that, even though uh, remuneration uh, was not <laughs> not even uh, close for these three books, close to what I got for that small Shimechka's book, right? So this is something that I have to think about because if I, if I do something, uh, I want to be sure that it's worthwhile translating in the, in, uh, in, you know, basically. And if it is very worthwhile translating, I would do that for free. But at the same time, uh, this was a, trem a tremendous amount of work, three books, right? And so, you know, you, you want to get some remuneration and uh, it, was, it was a modest remuneration, let's put it this way. And possibly because the books did not sell that well. Well, we should have stayed with the number one. That's, that's what it is. I'm looking at it from a commercial point of view, of course, which we always have to, because uh, why is the writer willing to have this book translated so that he adds something into his uh, uh, autobiography, or is it because he needs money? Every writer needs money, right? He's, it, it's, it's his profession. He should be paid well if he's a good writer. So those are things that, of course, a normally translator doesn't consider, but if you know these people, as I did, I knew Piszczanek very well. Every time I went to Slovakia, I spent a lot of time with him. Anyway, I'm very sorry that he ended his life the way he did, and uh, I'm also a little bit angry at him for doing this because of his tremendous talent, and uh, that pains me. It's, yeah. yeah, it is very, very sad, and uh, certainly the part one of uh, Rivers of Babylon is really a great work, and now universally agreed to be the seminal work uh, yes. of the Slovak literature of the 1990s. And uh, and he's actually the way he described. He was described as a Rablazian. I think that. Uh, the next uh, translation project that he embarked on was very different. Uh, William Klimacek's Horuceleto 68, The Hot Summer of 1968, which uh, you completed recently and which will be 
published by Mandel Villa Press in June this year. So could you say a few words about this book? How is that different from Pishchanek and why you chose to translate it? And also, uh, why did it take so long to appear? Because it, in Slovak it appeared 10 years ago. So did you not have time for it before or was it hard to find a publisher? Oh, I think it's the last. It was the uh, the hunt for a publisher, I think, uh, because I've I've done it. I don't know four years, five years ago, and um, I don't know why it took so long. Can you tell us about uh, uh, William Klimacek's book? Well, uh, Klimacek, he's a consummate artist. He's a very rare type of a writer. Everything he does uh, is well done. It's very smooth. And uh, it was pleasure to translate that book. Uh, it, it wasn't a headache as sometimes uh, Pishtian X was. So uh, it, was, it was actually relatively easy to translate that. And what made it also a pleasant work for me is that it, it dealt with uh, a topic very close to my heart, namely it describes people who emigrate. <laughs> so uh, Klimacek was uh, writing about 1968, right? And uh, this, this is something that we lived through. And again, also uh, what it feels like to, to leave, your, leave your homeland and, and find yourself in, in a different place and, uh, and the survival in, in such a different place. And I think that Klimacek has done his job and not his own experience, but he managed to contact quite a few people who became uh, sort of uh, the models for his fictional personages. Well, let's hope when the book comes out in June that it has uh, good reviews and that it sells well. And uh, when now this is over, so what are your other plans. Are you translating something at the moment or is there a book that you would like to translate by a Slovak writer if you can find a publisher for it? Well, of course, uh, the publisher is always the the big problem, you know. It's, it's, let's not kid ourselves, it's, it's a smaller East European literature, not as well known as, as Polish. Uh, but um, even, even uh, let's say, Croatian and Serbian uh, authors fare a little bit better than, than Slovak, right? For some reason, because the, perhaps because they have such, uh, such uh, a large group of emigres living in different countries compared to us Slovaks. So there's very few people, you know, there's the old Slovak Canadians, but they came from a different uh, milieu. Those are not sort of urban dwellers. Those are people who came in the 30s and 40s because uh, the hunger pushed them out from their villages and uh, then they had to find some place here in Canada to survive. So that's, uh, that's what it is. And so uh, have you got a particular book in mind that you would like to translate? Actually, I don't. This is for the first time where uh, I'm actually <laughs> the, 
no idea what I should be doing. Uh, and and it's, it's not an easy undertaking, right? Because somebody has to publish it. But what about a book which is considered to be great by Slovak literary critics and which would deserve to be published? Unfortunately, most recently I have not been in touch, uh, haven't seen a book uh, like that, but uh, nobody sends me anything like that. Uh, and this is the second year that I'm not going to Slovakia. I, I, I badly want to, but it's this bloody COVID that's stopping me. Otherwise, I would be there already now. It's the longest uh, that I've uh, gone without uh, going back to Slovakia. In the past few years, I've been going three, four, sometimes five times a year. And now, the last time I went was uh, November 2019. So it's over a year since I've been anywhere, actually. But, uh, oh, well, I thought maybe this would be the first podcast in which we wouldn't talk about COVID, but it's unavoidable. <laughs> So let's hope that uh, the situation changes, maybe if not this summer, that uh, next year we shall both be able to go to Slovakia, pick up some new books, and in the meantime, that uh, the hot summer of 1968 is well received, and maybe that it, it will encourage other publishers to publish more Slovak writers. Yes. Thank you very much, Peter Petra, for talking to me and good luck with everything. You are very welcome and I enjoyed your company.